guys, we've got a quick ask before we kick off this amazing episode. If you love this podcast, please take a moment to rate the show and write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And don't forget, share it with your friends, family, and all the side hustlers you know would love it too. Thanks. Now enjoy the episode. about all the crazy jobs we do to make the cash we need to pursue our artistic dreams. And to construct a shrine for our burgeoning collection of awards and red carpet photos. What awards are these? I've got a couple of high school wrestling trophies in storage somewhere. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Beaver. We are talking about the Gale Friday gig, the subordinate situation. It's the second banana hustle. We are your hosts, Jamie Parker Stickle. And Jason Bieber. And on this episode, we are talking to an award-winning songwriter, an accomplished film composer, and an award-winning author. She received Oscar and Golden Globe nominations for the original song, Mighty River, with Mary J. Blige and Raphael Sadiq from the tremendous film, Mudbound. And won the In the Margins Book Award for 100 Things Every Black Girl Should Know. Yeah, she was incredibly kind and gracious to join us. And we are so excited to welcome to the show the talented, insightful, musical genius, Tora Stinson. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for being had by us. Yes. (laughs) Um, So like I was saying just previously and been walking around with my book, because it's not just a book, but this one, the one I've been working on is 100 Ways to Love Yourself Inside and Out by Tora. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a workbook. So I've actually been working in it. And I'm really proud of myself for actually doing that. (laughs) Jamie does the work. Sometimes. Awesome. Do the work. You make it easy to do the work because it's very supportive. I feel like you're there with me as I read this book. (laughs) It's really nice. That's We've never awesome. met, and I'm really excited. I know. I'm really happy to meet you now. So <laughs> I'm actually here if you have any questions. Jamie's um, going to send you her completed copy of the book when she's done filling it in. Please. For grading please. purposes. Please do. Well, it's kind of true. Like I, I have, like, I was like, when I was stalking your website, because we have, well, I consider myself a little bit of a private investigator, but um, we like to really dig deep on our guests. And I was mm-hmm. doing all my research and I was like, I wonder if she has a page for us to ask her questions. As we go. <laughs> oh my goodness. I need to reconfigure my website. Is that the expectation? <laughs> no, that was just mine. I, you know, think- I like a lot of attention. That's funny. That's a great idea. It kind of is actually. It is. Your virtual like suggestion it. box. You know what? I call it, they call it DMs these days. That's right. <laughs> right. I'm going to slide up into that DM. Jamie yeah, is in more DMs than I'm comfortable with. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's how I get a lot of our artists on the show. I just, mm-hmm. I DM them. I'm like, hey, hi, That's my awesome. name is Jamie. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And That's even awesome. if you don't want to be on my show, can you answer a couple of my questions? I got a couple questions for you. And um, what's the rate? What's the ratio of, of answering? Do people like respond? 
Yeah, I we've actually been talking about this. Um, so we started the podcast in Jan- one year ago. So you're our first guest, our one year anniversary guest, Ooh. and our first guest of 2021. Kind of a yes. big deal. Kind of, you're a big deal. Yes. Um, so oftentimes I find that Bieber and I are seven degrees of Kevin Bacon theory, like our six degrees. So I always know somebody that somebody knows. So okay. I'm like, hey, you and I both know this person. Uh, and we I already figured out someone we know. So that's, mm-hmm. that's you true. figured out someone we know. Yeah. So yeah. So usually people are really receptive and I know that the pandemic is terrible and I'm not going to say anything good about it, but I am going to say this right here, right now. It has been great for our show because people yeah. have time on their hands and they're people like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not working on anything mm-hmm. right now. Let's do something. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, people, artists are the best. Artists are the most gracious they pay it back. They give it forward. They they know where they came from, and they're happy to talk about that. You know, yeah. I I feel like we want people to know that it wasn't easy. You know, right. that we work those side hustles to be able to be actors and writers and artists, visual artists and musicians. musicians. Yes, it, it wasn't just served on a silver platter. It wasn't an overnight success. Like we worked our asses Almost off in, in so yeah. many ways. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So speaking of speaking which, of, that's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, no, you, I mean, obviously you are hugely successful now. I would be hard pressed to imagine you actually doing any of these side hustles that you've told us about now. But not so long ago, you were not working for yourself. You were not composing original scores for award-winning films. You <laughs> were doing other things that had almost nothing to do with your pursuit in order to pay the bills. Well, yeah. I mean, but I have to say, because a lot of, I don't want to, I don't want anyone who's sitting at home, who's in the middle of their career, like I was, Mm -hmm. who's going to think, Oh, Oh my God, I'm doing the wrong thing. You know? No, I started off really young in the music industry. And then all of a sudden I hit this wall. And so I had to stop. And that's when I became a personal assistant. So yeah. it wasn't even like I did this when I was, when I was young, I, we, I, we can talk for hours about the odd jobs that I did when I was like young and mostly food centered because I love to cook. And I, you know, I, I nice. one day I'm going to be on food network. I just know it, but, um, I'm looking for the forward most, to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll six degrees you there. <laughs> Thank you. Please. When you guys are hosting something there, just, I'll just come on through, but yeah. So, um, I was probably, um, this was, so Paris Hilton, I was her personal assistant. So I'll just yeah. say that first. Um, but we first met because I was, I wrote songs for her, for her album, her album. That's she had, remember the song stars are blind. And it was like yes. proper popular. I didn't write that, <laughs> but I okay. did write some other songs in her album. And I did the vocal production on that song and various other songs on her album. And we became friendly. And when it was kind of like I was in the, it was in a marriage and it wasn't working out. And I was, and I didn't know what, what to do. Like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to leave. I'm going to have to stand on my own too. Um, and what am I going to do? And so I didn't know, I, had, I didn't have the answer because I've only done music. Music has been, is my life. And so I said, um, all right, well, let me just call everyone in my, in my Rolodex. I'm sure someone's going to answer. And no one did. No one, all the realest rappers, all the, the, the people that are like the, the, the realest of the real, but Paris Hilton, 
who is actually the antithesis of that, so people think. Um, Mm -hmm. She she was the one who called me back and she said, what is going on? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm in this horrible marriage. I got to go. I don't know what to do. And she said, oh my God, my assistant just quit or just, you know, she just, something happened. The lady wasn't working there anymore. And I said, okay. Um, She said, I don't know if you're going to want to do this because, you know, we're friends and is it going to be crossing the line? I don't know. Like, I don't know if you're going to enjoy it. But you can try, and so I was like, okay. And, and I you have no like, no experience as an assistant, none. And she knew that zero ex- experience, and also, um, just also, you know, just not used to working. Like I'm, I'm at that person, not working, like especially holding someone else's life together. Right. I would yeah. wake up in the middle of the night, write a song. Um, until 5 a.m. and then wake up at 2 p.m. You know, that's kind of what my life was like. Wow. And um, at that time, uh, and by the way, so she and I, we met through Dr. Dre. Um, mm-hmm. And um, so I was working as an ANR for at Dr. Dre's label. Um, and so doing all these little things, and then all of a sudden I just come to this realization that, okay, you know, things are changing. And so when I started to work for her, it was easy. It was easy because it wasn't my money. And, and and it was fun, you know, to be honest, she made it really, really easy for me. It wasn't like, um, how, how people would imagine. It wasn't like, uh, what's the name of that movie with, uh, Meryl, Meryl Streep. Oh, Um, the devil wears Prada. It was nothing like the devil wears Prada. And everyone uh, always asked me like, Oh my God, what was she like? Was she crazy? And, um, because this was like, she was at the height of her career, like coming off of that, like, um, simple life era. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it was just easy. She just, she comes from a beautiful family. Um, they all like, you know, for my birthday, her and her sister made me a cake and it was just like, wow, this is like really, really cool. And just got, and I learned so much about, um, the entertainment industry other than just, it, it prepared me for like things that I do now, you know? So it wasn't just like, um, me, uh, writing songs in my office when she's away because which I did sometimes right but yeah she sure. didn't care you know she nurtured that and she's like wait wh- you know where's your new music and what have you been working on and she just really encouraged me to continue and uh and I just kept going and it was a, it was a, the greatest transition ever that, that's beautiful that's I- awesome yeah I have a question about that this yeah. is a ridiculous question okay does she have an office? Did you work in an office with her? Like, this is my always question when celebrities, their business is being a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Do they have an office where they conduct business? Or is it just well, always going yeah. from this thing to the next thing? I um I saw that she recently, like, remodeled her house. And so she uh-huh. worked from her house. There were two assistants, um, Megan. Hey, Megan. Um, It was Megan, and she was, like, the executive assistant. And then me, the personal and I have I have a story for you guys. And me and Paris talked about this one time. It was like the word I was not the very best assistant. And this story prove <laughs> it. But um, but oh, I did no. I learned I learned some really good things. But yeah, she had an office. Um, so when you drive up to her house, she had like this um, it was kind of like a a storefront, if you will. And I'm sure you can find it online. It was like a storefront, and that's where Megan and her whoever her manager is at the time would sit there. And it's like all of her 
different, she has a thousand companies. So it's like stickers or dolls or perfume, all of those things that would have, whatever was active at the moment was there in that storefront. And wow. then inside the house, um, there was an office, another office just for the personal assistant. And that was me. When I walked into that office, I couldn't believe that I was coming from, I don't know how I'm going to, you know, maneuver the ne next uh, phase of life to being into th this like beautiful, like Faye Resnick designed office. Like literally her, um, her mom's best friend, Faye Resnick is like this yeah. amazing designer. So it was like this beautiful office overlooking the pool. There's like eight dogs. And uh, one no of no distractions which, whatsoever. None, none. <laughs> but there, but there's this one dog who I'm still friendly with to this day, which just sounds so crazy. But her name is Harajuku, and she's like the best dog in the world. And and so I still um, record with Paris from time to time. We'll see each other. She brings Harajuku because she knows that's my little girl. Aww. That's so cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Okay, you said you had a story, though, for us, and we're going to hear just how good you are as a personal assistant. So, <laughs> In case we're ever hiring. <laughs> In case Tora's like, you know what? That is fun to be a personal assistant. Here's oh my, my here's my track record. So one time she was going to somewhere. I don't know where she was going. Somewhere overseas and somewhere far. And um, I had to, you know, I'm getting her packed. I'm all, I'm like, okay, I'm getting her on a plane. Um, we go to the private airplane airport. I get home. I mean, I, I drive back. I'm on the 405. I'm like, oh God, I'm about to be off for like, you know, a week. And I'm so excited. And then um, maybe there's lots of traffic. So then her former manager calls me and I'm like, what is he doing calling me? He's in a plane. And he goes, you can hear the, you know, the noise in the background. He's like, hello, Tara. I'm like, yeah. He was like, do you know where Paris's passport is? And I'm like, uh, yeah. uh, this is an hour into their flight, right? I'm just about to get off the, you know, exit. And I'm like, it was in my pocket of my denim shirt right here. Oh, no. Right here. oh my God. Oh, no. It was horrible. And it's, this is something we always like to share because this is a testament of who this woman is because I, I was just like, okay, let me just start packing my stuff. There's no way that she's keeping me. And um, she just, I had to go turn around, go back to the airport. It was the funniest thing. Like her dad walked down the stairs. He grabbed the passport for me and snatched it and walked back up the stairs. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God. And so um, maybe, she, you know, a week later she comes home and, um, and I'm like, oh my God, Paris, I'm so sorry. And we didn't even have that kind of conversation, you know, that kind of relationship. We, it was kind of like, hey girl, what's up? You know, but I'm like, oh my God. I'm so sorry. She's like, girl, she's like, girl, that was last week. And she was That's awesome. She was done with it. And that's why she's my boo. She had a long flight yeah. to get over that mishap. She did. I love learning how she, she did. did. I, I, I don't know I, if you know this, that I I knew her growing up. No way. We yeah. talked about it once because she used to come to your Hamptons home, right? And when I say knew her, my brother knew her. I, I know him. <laughs> you know your brother you guys raised together We're, we uh we is it justin it's Justin, and it's because justin used to be a club promoter in the city no he did not he did something <laughs> when he was in high school yes justin i think was doing a little bit of promoting see see he likes me to look like a fool all the time and i don't rem <laughs> i remember everything anybody I, ever told me i'm stuck on wait justin bieber oh not yeah you one. did that math huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little confused 
is that who we're talking about? No. no. It is not who we're talking about. But, I mean, we are talking about Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. We're talking yeah. about a Justin Bieber right. who yeah. was Justin Bieber long before Justin Bieber became Justin Bieber. In the words of Paris Hilton, that was so last week. <laughs> yeah. Last week. Like literally. Yeah. But you but, were saying you know Paris. But no, all, I, all I was really trying to throw in there is that I did, I like, I, I, I knew her growing up and she was, she was, she was really nice. She had, this was before she was a celebrity in her own right. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just from one of these very wealthy families and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I knew a lot of people like that who were not as nice as she and her sister were. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. See? I, I never knew Paris Hilton or who she was until I moved <laughs> to Los Angeles because I'm from a little town called Detroit and we don't like, that's just not, I mean, I moved here and people were like, oh, Paris Hilton's going to be at this club tonight. Cause I guess that was a thing that people did where they would show up at clubs, like famous right. people or whatever. And I was like, who? And <laughs> this boy was like, Paris Hilton and her sister, Nikki, the twins. And I was like, are they double mint? And he's like, they're not actually twins. Like I literally am so like, I was, I was so Michigan. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And I'm about. so Oakland in that way. I would not have known who she was when I was growing up either. <laughs> it's but, very funny. <laughs> thanks to six degrees of Dr. Dre. <laughs> Absolutely. Which yeah. I love. So, okay. Good, good pulling us back, Bieber. I love it when you do that. Um, so how long did you Consummate end profession? <laughs> how long did you end up working with Paris as her personal assistant? Because I know you still work together for mm-hmm. music. Um, about two and a half years. <gasps> That's good. Yeah. That's a it was, yeah. Because it was it could be, could have been two years. I think that over over time it, it, it gets longer and not longer as I tell the story. Because I can't remember, but I think it was two it was definitely two years and quite possibly two and a half years. Yeah. And you worked on your music still in, in that oh, time. Yeah. And Good. yeah, at her urging often and sometimes with her. I helped her to um set her studio up there um at her house. And so we often would work from there. And um and then, you know, just I Raphael Sadiq, my my um pri- one of my primary writing partners, we worked a lot. Um it, her she lives not too far from where her studio is. So I would leave work and then just go and work with him. Uh-huh. Studio. Mm-hmm. And that's the hustle. Like oh, you, yeah. you're, you're never stop working. Like that was the real work. You go to work and then you mm-hmm. work on the weekends and people are like, um, if I invite you to my wedding, do you swear you're going to come? And you're like, no, <laughs> uh, nope. you should invite me and I'll send you a gift. Yes. I, I go from work to work. Then absolutely. To work. That's, I've got to ask you a question because you said that prior <laughs> to the slowdown, uh, we'll call it, um, you were, your, your, your method was randomly waking up at two in the morning and mm-hmm. that was when you got your work done. Now, obviously when you've got a nine to five or, you know, even broader hours than that, and you have to introduce that structure, what did that do to your creative process? Did you find that it, well, you answer, I guess. <laughs> um, it really, it, it kind of created an urgency, I think, huh. where I'm like, oh, no, I mean, this is great. And but I need my own like this is amazing to see, like, especially like during Christmas It's like here, go Christmas shopping. It's like you uh, opened up into a, like a whole new world. Not that I necessarily wanted those things, but just the, the idea of 
okay, wait a minute. I should be able to get my mom one of these, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it kind of gave me a different <clears throat> level of urgency and also opened me up to like a, a different view, not a different world, so to speak, but just a different view where I'm like, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. And because I have been, I've always um, worked with people uh, like say, for instance, like Dr. Dre, he's, he probably has, you know, the uh, parallel experience to Paris financially or, or more, more so now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, working with people like that, I've always been exposed to like this I felt, I kind of feel like, oh, wow. So you've been exposed to, you've been around this person and that person, that person is for a reason. And you're, you're being prepared for something for, and why, what else would it be preparation for? It has to be for me. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I think about, uh, those times and when I would, I would have to wake up at, you know, what I had to be at work at 10 AM. So that was, that was tough for me, you know? So especially being at work, um, at real, at real work, you know, writing all night. So it was, it was tough, but it, it gave me what I needed. I, I, I never complained about it. I'm like, Oh God, I, it was almost like a badge of honor. Like I had three hours of sleep, but I, mm-hmm. you should hear this dope song I just wrote, you know? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so you were putting out, you were, you were oh, putting yeah. out good work. Oh yeah. Great work. That's, that's amazing. Well, I, I always think that that is the, um, that is the catalyst for good work. When, when you have too much time on your hands, you get a little bit lazy because, oh, yeah. you know, you don't have to schedule so much. You're like, oh, I've got plenty of time. I'll get to it when I get to it. But when you're overloaded with things that have to be done, like um, work nine to five, if you're a parent also, you know, then you have to actually carve out those moments where you're going to do work. And it has to be good work because you can't meander off track, you know? You're, you you right. become more structured, more rigid with yourself. Um, not to say mm-hmm. that you you know you're putting extra pressure on yourself, but you are. But you, you are. know, yeah. it's, discipline. it's discipline, and you and you got to push a little bit harder. So it makes sense though that you were yeah. doing good work then. Oh yeah, because I mean, honestly, because if you're sitting at home and just like doing nothing, you know, you can. That's what can you write about? Did assisting Paris. Uh, was that the catalyst to becoming an assistant for these other people? Because I know you did it on and off then for mm-hmm. several people that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so was she the first one that you became a personal assistant to? And then it's sort of, you know, mm-hmm. on and off, you were like, oh, I have experience now. This is something I can yeah, fall well, back on when I need to. Absolutely. So then you start to get scouted, like, oh my God, <laughs> your Paris is. And so then like these domestic um, placement agency, service agencies, they like reaching out to me like, oh, this person is looking for an assistant. This person is looking for an assistant. And Paris is very, very um, self-efficient. Like she doesn't really need an assistant, to be honest. Um, I think to, I think to, to right now she's just finally figured that out. And she has like, she kind of like outsources things because she's like very hands-on. So hmm. at this time she was like playing around with the idea of like maybe hiring, hiring me for something else. And and I'm like, I really want to, you know, focus on music. So maybe if I should work with someone in music, that'll, um, you know, be a, a, a better fit for me. Yeah. And so I told her I wanted to start looking and she gave me her blessing and I got the job of all jobs and I oh. stayed for four months. <laughs> um, four months, job of all jobs. 
And so I, I was a personal assistant and a West Coast personal assistant and house man, estate manager for Sean Combs. That is crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> that is crazy banana yeah. pants. That is, that is, that is another person that I knew growing up. Did, oh, we did? Yeah. Oh, God. Dad spent a lot of summers working his way up to, uh, to Puffy's white party. And he oh. finally got on the list. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, the parties were, I, I didn't, he didn't party much when I was working for him because he, I think it was like a lot of a transition of a, his, his kids were there a lot and mm-hmm. um, his, uh, yeah, his kids were there. And he was also getting acclimated to California living, I think, with his whole family. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a learning lesson. I learned a lot. Um, and I, I will say that he was a, he was, you know, he's a nice enough guy. It was just for me. What is, was, what does he go by now? Like he has so many names. I don't want to say so. We called him Puff. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Yeah. Does, and he was a reality like, show very, looking for assistance or what? Wait, he had a reality yeah. show where he hired. Oh no, it was, it was not associated with reality show. No, of it course. Yeah, but um, yeah, he did have a, a reality show about that. Okay, so, so I ha- you're so I was a little stuff. afraid, you know, like oh my god, and um, so I had like maybe three interviews with three other women. Mm-hmm. He surrounds himself. He surrounds himself with women that are really, really smart, and that's one of the things I love about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I would say maybe my third, my fourth interview was with him, and it was just kind of like oh goodness and because I work in entertainment I've seen him around since the 90s you know yeah Um, Yeah. so I was worried about that like is he gonna remember me you know and and because that's always you don't want to you don't want to I don't know how to put it when you you know you don't want to say okay I'm a personal assistant and then I'm hitting here's a song you know you want to Mm -hmm. there's a level level of anonymity that you want to have you know Mm mm-hmm so that's what I was hoping to have. And, and I did because he didn't remember me at all. Um, and, but he was just, you know, not, during our interview, he just kind of like, he has this little stare down that he does. And um, he stared me down and I passed the test and, and I worked a lot, like from that moment on, um, I would say it was four months, four, four actual months, but probably eight months <laughs> in time. Yes. Um, you know, because it was lots of overtime, lots of things to learn. Um, but um, the difference between that job and Paris's job is that I didn't have any time, that time that you need for your real job. Right. And, so, and one thing that he preached all the time was like living your dreams. And I'm like listening to him preach this to his kids and to his friends and everyone else who came over. And I'm like, okay, but I've been working for like six days straight. So I'm probably going to record when I get a chance next Tuesday. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. So mm-hmm. um, um, he wanted to go on an extended trip to Miami. And that was like my perfect um, time to just say, hey, you know, I can't do that. And um, and the crazy thing is then I start working for a friend after that for like, I went from like double overtime, like really balling out, but with no place to go um, <laughs> because I didn't have any time. And to working for a friend for twelve dollars an hour and had complete and utter peace. That's, I mean, 
That's mm-hmm. the thing. Sometimes you have to sacrifice that paycheck. That that mm-hmm. um, as long as you have a steady paycheck coming in, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to sacrifice the amount that it is. As long as you can pay your bills to do the thing that allows you the opportunity to pursue your dreams. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, there is that thing where where mm-hmm. I I do believe it's a struggle especially when you get to a certain point in your career where you're like one more step or you're on that cusp and that cusp means it could take another five to 10 years, but you're on the cusp of, you know what you're doing now. And there are opportunities for you where you're like, I can't be a makeup artist on set if I'm going to be writing scripts and I need to get into that room, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. a 12 hour day on set five days a week. Right. And then there's nothing there's nothing left. Nobody wants to meet with you on Saturday and Sunday. There's no auditions or meetings or whatever. Yep. So yeah. So sometimes you have to take that, you have to cut that and and do something that may not be, um, I don't know, industry related necessarily. Right. Yeah. And that was hard for me because I didn't really know. I, I definitely, I knew that retail, I need something that, that has a little bit, had a little flexibility. Yes. So it, was a, it was a studio manager position. And I, and I was able to then work in a studio when, you know, when the, when the studio was, when no one was there. So that made sense. That's awesome. And I practically lived there. And then I moved next door and then, it, you know, then it turned into, oh, we have this movie coming up and, and let's write some songs. And I, and I, I had, I, I wasn't so tired where I didn't even have, you know, any space to, to create. So I, for anyone listening, if you, if you have a job that is, um, uh, you might, you might think it's your dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it gets in the real, in the way of your dream, it's not it's your not. dream job. It's somebody else's dream job. And that's right. what I'll, I'll do respect to Puff. Um, and I, I think he's an amazing businessman of obviously, obviously you know, it, it was just yeah. not my dream job because if it had not the next time I saw him, um, was literally at Mary J. Blige's, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, she got a star in the walk of fame. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And it was right, right around the time of the Oscar nominations. And so the next time I saw him, I was able to say, Hey, I was nominated today too. You know, it was, it was around yeah. that same time, you know, I was nominated for an Oscar with Mary and he's just kind of like, wait a minute, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, remember those four months and that extended? He, you know, he remembered, he, but he was, I think it just perplexed him in such a way where he Because said, you never showed your hand. You never showed your never. hand. That's right. Never. That's an interesting thing. I know that, you know, I worked as an assistant. I worked as a couple of people's assistants, mm-hmm. um, but this particular one, I worked for a talent manager. And when I went in for the interview, I, you know, an actor and I, I, did not tell him that I was an actor in my interview. Mm-hmm. Like, same idea. It's like, I don't want you, you know, I, I would love to someday work with you and maybe you represent me or something like that. And therefore I don't want to mix the branding right now. Right. I'm mm-hmm. here for a job. I'm going to do the job. I'm going to get this job because I'm, you know, a competent person. And I did. Um, but what I found, and, it, and, and I hope you didn't have this experience, but what I found is that when the truth did come to light, um, it, it, it was not uh, copacetic. It, he, it was, you know, I was uh, a Trojan horse. I had betrayed a confidence oh, in some way. No. Uh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I, did, did, I kept 
kind of under wraps the whole time. Like I didn't, did. it, there was one, one scenario where, um, someone, we went to a, a session and so this guy was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Tara, you're here. Like, I can't believe we're going to be writing together again. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> but he, he didn't really, um, he didn't play into it. And so I just kind of like, okay, the next time we talked about it, the next time that I saw him, like I said, it was at um, a really big time in my life and I was able to tell him about it. And I'm, and, and he was, you know, he was really um, instrumental in that climb to getting to where I had to be because I saw so much that he, the, he, he is like a force, you know, to see yeah. him in action is kind of like, Oh wow, this is what he really does, you know? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, I think he's talked about this now, so I wouldn't feel bad in saying he actually sleeps, you know, so, <laughs> you know? so people, you know, think that it's cool not to get sleep because, you know, team no sleep, but no, this guy actually takes care of himself. Yeah. You know, well, that's how you last. Mm -hmm, yeah. And that's how you last. And so that was a big, you know, a lesson for me too, because oftentimes, you know, you just, we, we believe what we, what we see on social read and see on social media and different places. And we're like, Oh, we got to do this. And we have to live this way. No, you have to do what works for you. And mm -hmm. you have to do what works for your body so that you're, you're able to be as creative or whatever it is that you do, that you're able to work, um, at, at your optimum level. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I hate those things that go around where they're like, um, geniuses only sleep five hours a night and they go to bed at one in the morning and wake up at 5 a.m. And I'm like, you know what? I go to bed at one in the morning and get up at 5 a.m. because I have a five-year-old and right. it sucks and I'm tired all the time and it, I'm not a genius. I forget everything. So do not lie to me about this. Let's set the record straight. Not true. Not true. Um, and moms are geniuses. I want to tell moms you. Moms are geniuses. I, I, you, what we were talking about and you had said something and it reminded me of what Oprah says and you're an Oprah expert and we're going to talk about that for a minute too in a second. But um, she always said that uh, there's no such thing as luck or what luck actually is, is preparedness that meets opportunity. And mm -hmm. I think that that's always stuck with me since I was a teenager when I heard that on Oprah and I just thought it was so smart because it, and it plays into exactly what artists do. It's like, you're not, you weren't allowing yourself the opportunity to find you. You were prepared, but you weren't there for opportunity because you were the, the legs for someone else's table. You know, that's, right. that's mm -hmm. what a personal assistant is. And mm -hmm. as many times when I was younger um, and I did work as a personal assistant once, but it was so far outside of, um, well, I guess I can't really say that, although I don't do porn. I worked as a personal assistant to a large porn distributor. Um, listen, I had nothing to do with the porn <laughs> side of it. I, I was his personal assistant, not the porn assistant. So all I had to do was like buy furniture for his house, make sure his bills were paid, things like, That's you awesome. know, I didn't have to like, one time I had to go down to the distribution center oh, to drop something off and I was like, oh, I can't be here. Like it was, <laughs> I can't see how the sausage is made. I can't see how the sausage is made. Um, oh my goodness. And I had to drive him to the holiday party and that was not cool. Because I had to sit and wait to chauffeur him home. And, and that wasn't good either. I quit shortly after that. But listen, listen, 
Yes. You that, can't be the legs to someone else's. To interview her one day about mm-hmm. this. That would be great. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of colorful stories. You know, I've heard this story before, but you know, the part that always gets me is the idea that you know a porn company has a holiday party. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, of course. They're all employees. Jingle bells. Deck the halls. You guys. Mistletoe everywhere. Everywhere. And it's in Sherman Oaks at a very, you know, normal place where people go. The only thing is that they have to rent the whole restaurant out because, you know, a lot of those people like to get naked at the Christmas party and it's acceptable. Oh, Oh, my God. Of course. Of course. And you're just like, This wow. is where COVID cleaning protocols were first invented. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're still cleaning. Mm-hmm. I, this has been like, I got to tell you, as much as people think like, you know, you can go to a strip. Listen, this isn't this type of show, but you can go to a strip club and be comfortable or whatever. And you can see this stuff on, on Instagram and you can watch. I mean, we're so desensitized to it at this point, but there is nothing like going to a porn distribution company's holiday party where even the wait staff like the caterers are like i gotta go back to the kitchen and i'm like can i go with you oh, I, I, I know either. oh my goodness that, that's something else um it's true but uh but yeah i like that you reduced it you took the 12 dollar an hour job and, and mm-hmm. you found a way to um because uh, i guess what i was trying to say is that a lot of people will say you should be um a personal assistant, get to know people, like rub elbows, like, you know, and the thing is you could do that for 20 years. Nobody's going to take you seriously as the artist if you were the one supporting the artist, because then what focus do you have, you know, and usually a personal assistant job like that is not 40 hours a week. You know, there are weeks when you are working 80 hours. 85. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And people don't believe that. And it's like, no, for real. Like I remember I, there are that many hours. When I first came out here for eight years, I was working three jobs and I was putting in 70 plus hours a week. I'd go from Starbucks to um, the Beverly Center to do makeup, home mm. and and booked on hostessing gigs at night. And it's like, oh, wow. and then wa- working through weekends and you, you can do that to yourself and then you're no good for anything. So you have to That's find right. a way to reduce your output. And, sur- and maintain survival so that you can Absolutely. focus on that art. You got to find it. This begs Absolutely. the question because, you know, you said when you were working for Paris and, and you did have a pretty good work-life balance that you were putting out good work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Were you putting out good work or even any work when you were working 80, 85 hours a week? No. And I, and I have to say, and this is not just for um, um, Puff because I, I, I worked for, this is like the short, like the, the short story of this long story. Um, so I worked for like this billionaire Japanese guy and his wife. Yeah. And, um, and that was like, I'm telling you is the most extravagant of them all. My job was mostly restaurant reservations (laughs) that were hard to get, you know, it's like, you know, French laundry and then all these Michelin star things around. I mean, every day, this is how these people ate. And so it was like really hard to manage like that schedule. And I know it sounds crazy, but it was hard. Um, And, but 
I had lots of time because um, on that particular job, because I, I only had to go once a week and then just like to go and there, there was like so many different little jobs, you guys, then just like some other person who was, I don't even really know who knows what they were doing for a living, but I was there to manage uh, just pretty much the household and just yeah. like the vendors. And you, there was always like different um projects going on like oh we're gonna get get the um the bottom of the the hot tub done today and it's like what you know just like retiled with some stuff we're waiting for it to come from france and then who you know of course it's me that has to go and get that stuff and right then, right so anyway but sometimes so little stuff that's like that and it was like tedious but i had to be there i was the one that right. had to if i'm gonna work if i'm working 40 hours a week and that tile was gonna take another 15 hours to get there. then that's me who had to sit there and wait for, Yeah, you know? Um, and so in those moments, it was hard. Like, even if I'm not, even though I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of time. Uh, I mean, there, there was time to like, Oh, I could probably write a song right now, but uh, writing a song is not just like being creative is not always just like, oh, okay, here's my pen and here's some time. Right. No, you have to be creatively, you have to be open for what comes to you. Mm-hmm. And so, and sometimes you just, you know, you can't get in the zone waiting outside in your car, waiting, you know, for someone to call you from customs at the airport, you know? percent. Um, so, yeah. So it was just, it just really depends for, I think for Paris, uh, to be honest, I think it was because we were friends and she was mm-hmm. really conscious of what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she always said, you're not supposed to be doing this. You know, you're supposed you're a great songwriter and this is what you're supposed to be doing. When is the last time you wrote like that? Those kind of questions. And so, so she was um, like your stuff. boss and your accountability partner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, pretty what I love about finding out about her too, somebody who's born into wealth and, and born into celebrity in a way, even though she made it her own thing and create. You know, she really is responsible for creating celebrity as an occupation. But um, Mm -hmm. I think what's so great to hear about her is that she seems to have a grounded understanding that not everybody was born into that. And so Mm -hmm. there are people starting from the bottom rung of a ladder and, you know, climbing up it, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, I think a lot of people can be obtuse to that in, Mm -hmm. in, especially in Los Angeles. So I actually Mm -hmm. like, Makes me feel really good to know that about her. I'm gonna go follow yeah. her on Instagram right now. I'm be yeah. like, here's something. Join the other 30 million people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, she has like so many followers, but I think, but it's you know, it's really deserved. You know, I really think so. She's an awesome human. She's she's created an art form out of celebrity. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's really. I I mean. <sighs> I mean, look at the Kardashians, right? Like that's Paris Hilton. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like even, look um, at. I hope she gets like a a royalty for that or something. She you should, know? right? She that should be, be awesome. royalties on that. I don't you know. know. I saw Kim Kardashian like credit her for that sometime last year. He, she said, you know, Paris Hilton is the reason that we have all this, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. So that's yeah. that's. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, she's the epicenter of celebrity. Um, yeah. For okay. celebrity's sake. Well, as an art form, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, she, yeah. she's definitely, I mean, she's done, listen, she's written shows, she's come up with shows, she's been in those shows, it's entertainment, 
She's a DJ now. She, I mean, she's been a mm-hmm. DJ for a while, actually. But, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, um, I love though that she treated you one as an equal and and not just as an assistant, but somebody with ambition that was working towards something and gave you that space. And that is like, if you are lucky enough to find somebody to give you that job, and I had a job like that that gave me space to go out, you know, and do um, auditions and like where I had room to to write a little bit, even though it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. then take that job, people. Take that job if it's offered <laughs> right. to you. Absolutely. I would like to ask you about another uh, side. You listed one of one of your side hustles, one of your day jobs, as uh, you worked as an A&R uh, for, uh, for, for Beyonce's dad and, and his gospel label. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I saw that and I'm like, well, is that... I mean, that that feels to me, I'm not in music, but it seems like something that would be more on the path, more on the path than being someone's personal assistant. Oh, yeah. When you took that job, did you feel like it was working towards your goal or did it feel like it was just a job that happened to be in music? It feels parallel to me, not parallel, but yeah. it's still, still not songwriting. Uh-huh. You know, it's not um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, but I totally enjoyed working for him. He, he's another one who's such a uh, smart guy. Um, and I have to give you like, there are parallels to this. So like, for instance, I work for, for, um, Matthew Knowles, mm-hmm. music world, mm-hmm. gospel label. And, um, I also work with Dr. Dre, yeah. not gospel label. Um, also work for too short. Totally not a gospel label. Nope. Um, but That's so these, funny. these guys are all really, 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 really um, at the top of their game and super smart and taught me so much. With with Matthew Knows, I learned so much about the gospel, that, about independent records and and how they flow and getting number one. Like I, I was A&R, VP and A&R for that label. I was kind of like, hey, I believe you. You can do this. And I'm like, oh, I can, you know. So just having someone to believe in me um right and like right after my my 12 dollar an hour job and i'm and at the same time i'm writing musicals and um writing songs for steven tyler for you know this is when things start to happen you know um for me as a uh, songwriter um but i still was living like basically twice twice a month i would fly to houston work there at music world, come back where me and Raphael would start writing me the, the next musical or the next song for a film. And, uh, then finally I was able to just focus solely on songs and film and TV only. That's awesome. That is like a fantastic. I know when you're in it, it doesn't feel like a great trajectory, even though it like doesn't. It, it, doesn't. It, it mm-hmm. feels just like a lot of work and not a lot of like, bang for your buck sometimes mm-hmm. it's, that's what it sounds like to me because I feel like I've been there for a long time yeah you you hit it on the nose because that's exactly how I felt it's like what am I doing then you're like you look back and you're like oh shoot I was doing good things uh-huh. mm-hmm. and now you have like so much eventually you get to this point in your life where you have so much that you've learned and so much experience to one um let's talk for a second this is my segue to write a book on how to love yourself 100 ways and to get, you know, this is a way to get to those goals, you know, because it, it teaches you how to be more open. Um, and I want to ask you about that. Did you feel such a sense of accomplishment finally that you made it as 
a, a singer songwriter. I mean, you were Academy Award nominated. That then you were like, I'm ready for the next thing. I'm going to write this book. And no, then I would write a second book. I've always wanted to be an author. Like I've I've been writing. I've been keeping like a composition notebook since I was eight years old. So I always knew I was going to write a book. And I knew, and I, I know you were going to be a journalist. You wanted to, yeah. you wanted to be a journalist. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to. Um, that's one dream that I, I realized was just like, I, I, I don't know that I, I'll be a journalist. I guess, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will, you know, maybe I'll write an article for the New York times one day. Um, and that's just how I have to see it. That's how I see it in my, in my, um, trajectory I, I see it that way like okay this is specifically what I want and I'm going to manifest that so um as far as um being an author I just have like a collection of thoughts that were shaping into a book um the first one um 100 things every black girl should know um was just kind of like a, some advice for my sister and my cousin and then um the the second one was kind of like a lot of people start to ask me questions just in general about self-love because I've, I've been through a lot um <laughs> and I talk about in both books and I just wanted to be able to share I want to be able to be a resource for women and that that's kind of like the the most accessible way that I um think I could be helpful like you taking notes and stuff like that 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 means a lot to me like I, lo I love to see the notes I love when people take a picture and show me like their self-portrait and, and show me like their answers and stuff like that. I think it's amazing. And that, not that you're doing it for me, but that you're doing it for you. Yeah, that's great. And which leads me to, um, uh, you were also an OMAG insider. And mm -hmm. I have to tell you this, mm -hmm. I didn't know it was you in that Clinique picture. And then yeah. today I, and I, had that picture saved on my phone for like the longest time. So I was like, she is so pretty. Like, I just, I like pretty things. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like, so I like pretty things. And so I had that picture always. So I was like, that is the prettiest woman ever. Oh my God. And gosh. then I found out today it's you. It's oh my you. Gosh. It's so you. Crazy. How is that possible? She was okay. stalking you before she even knew she I was stalking you. I didn't even know you. it was you. I didn't even know that it was you. Nuts. I was wow. like, I couldn't believe it. I literally could not believe it. So anyways, let's talk about the, I mean, I know I sound like a weirdo right now, but that's what, how no, I like, I have like a phone full of screenshots of just like randomness. It, it helps <laughs> me. I totally understand that. Yeah. yeah I, it's how yeah. I write stories. It's how I think of characters. It's who I like envision when I'm naming a character and stuff. So I just have a collection of notebooks where I have, you know, lines that this woman would say, pictures of women in my phone and, and, and men, but I write a lot of female oriented, you know, mm -hmm, female mm -hmm. protagonists, female oriented storylines. But anyways, tell me about being an OMAG insider, because you wrote an email to Oprah in the midst of all this stuff and being a singer songwriter and <laughs> leaving somebody, I being a personal her. assistant. And you actually became an OMAG insider. Like now- yeah, well they're kind of like two separate things. Um, the Oprah letter, she left her, I mean, she, she, um, the Oprah show went off air and she, at the end of like the last show ever, she says, uh, if you guys, um, I don't know if you want to reach out to me, reach out, you know, this is my email, Oprah at Oprah.com. And 
And if you get a response, it's going to be from me. And I'm like, hmm. And I'm in bed. I'm, this is like right. Uh, yeah, I was working for Paris, I want to say. And you're um, like, I'm probably my first apartment post divorce, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, um, I'm going to email her. And boy, and I can write some emails because they are long. <laughs> and so I just like poured my heart out to Oprah. And um, then I got that, it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I got that, that, you know, the response that, you know, just like the regular, like everyone gets like, thank you. I was like, I saw it's going to be her. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> and so maybe, so maybe that was like at 1am. And then maybe like at 3am, I saw, saw her name again. And I'm like, and I clicked and it said, Tara, you win for the longest darn email I've ever read in my life. That's what, that's how it started. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my heart started beating. And then every word that she wrote became like a, a, a guiding post for the next part of my life because I felt like if I am this lucky, and I say that because I know she's just a person, um, but she, but but my spirit know what I knew what I needed at that time on that <laughs> night. And I needed to hear from her. I needed to know that it was real, that she, that she really cared because I had really, I was a little girl that went, went, um, after school every day. Like I think school let out at three Oh five and the Oprah show came on at three and I was there before the first commercial. Like I was like there just ready to, I mean, I've watched maybe 45 minutes of it solid every day because I was that committed to it. And my mom did as a cosmetologist, so she did hair. And so that was a part of our ritual every day, watching Oprah, washing hair, like, oh my God, just learning from this woman. And so when I got this, this letter from her, I just could not believe it, you know? And it was like a very, very um, significant, um, it was long. At the end of it, she goes, thank you. Um, she's like, I got to go. I got to pack for Africa to see my girls. And she goes, um, now my email is, long as, is as long as yours. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, but it was, like, filled with gems about books to read and just different things. And then she went on to call her, I want to say, the third or fourth. Um, at that time, it was called, I think it was called Soul Sessions. or because so, Okay, the subject line for my email to her was Believe Become. Which is your, so, which is how you sign yeah. off your email. It's your logo now. It's, it's my, it's, it's my mantra. It's mm -hmm. my, it's, I know a lot of people say that, but I'm yeah, not, I have to claim it. Like this is this, I start, I've been saying this since this was mm -hmm. 2011, I guess it was. And um born from, you know, just kind of like both biblical and Buddha and all kinds of things that believe become as a thought process. And, and so I put that in my subject line and, and then she named her class that like wow yeah and I was like okay Oprah bit me that's all I need in life and um so then later on that's awesome later on um the, the the Oprah mag um insider came up about later and so they were doing they were looking for 50 women to represent the the magazine and the brand and and the Clinique thing was something that just like a something that they asked me to do while when I became an insider um but yeah, so that was that I applied just like, okay, I'm sure that I won't get this 50 women out of the whole United States. I'm sure I won't get this. And I got it. It's and amazing. I was just like, wow. 
that's pretty cool. And I think it's maybe, it's, it's probably a hundred women now, but I'm still one. And proudly, uh, people ask me all the time, like, you're nominated for an Oscar. You you, you work in, in the entertainment industry. Why are you doing this? Because I love Oprah Winfrey. Why, and why not? <laughs> why not? I love her. <laughs> it's awesome. And you're a person yeah. who walks through doors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't let it go. I need to just take a step back for a moment and, uh, and just contextualize that you, after having a very difficult day, and we, you don't have to tell us what happened that day, but you had a day that was so bad that you spent the entire night emailing back and forth with Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> right. And then the next day went and spent the day at Paris Hilton's house. Yeah. And it is. It's, it seems intangible to those of you listening right now, but these are the things that happen in Los Angeles, right? It's just LA. Tora, uh, we've 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 been at it a while, and we don't want to keep you much longer. But there is a question that Jamie likes to ask every single time, and, and- I still already know her answer because I've read her books. Was all the time spent heartache? struggle working up to being a singer songwriter academy award nominated singer songwriter i mean that's like one in a million was mm-hmm. it worth it absolutely it was definitely worth it um there there's been some <laughs> my mom talked about this one night that i called her and i'm i, I, I think it might have been a morning but either way they kind of melted together and um, I was in my car, like smoking cigarettes. I didn't even smoke. <laughs> I was like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I know, my God. I've been here for four days. These you are palm malls. They're not even good. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she was just like, it's going to just, it's okay. Just keep going. Just keep going. If you stop now, then what? Where are you going to be? Where you are? In your car, mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes. And you need to put those down. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and, uh, but yeah, you know, I realized that if I would have stopped right then, I would have been right exactly where I was and stop when you know, where, if this is where you want to be. Stop then, yeah. you know, but if you have places that you see yourself in that you, you haven't, your feet haven't touched those grounds yet, you have to keep going. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been absolutely worth it. I love that. And so that brings me segues into everything you've got going on right now, despite the fact that we are shut down. Right. Damn it. But please. Oh my God. Like when does it end? I have just been writing a lot for film and TV. Awesome. Um, I, I've written, I'm a staff writer for the TV show Central Park. <gasps> uh, That's Josh awesome. Gad. Yeah. And, uh, for season two. I so look it. out for me on um, various songs for, uh, for all the different characters on that amazing show. Um, I am all, I wrote the theme song for Moon Girl and the Devil Dinosaur. It's a Marvel cartoon with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Diamond White. And just some, ex- I just can't wait for that. It's just like, uh, I did that with Raphael. And I'm working with uh, Nicholas Bertel on a, a Carmen reboot for Sony Classics. That and- is awesome. Wow. Uh, looking forward to another book too. I want to write one, but I just don't know. I don't know what, what it is yet, but I feel it brewing. What to do when you're trapped at home. Right. (laughs) (laughs) A hundred ways to know you're a house. Yes. (laughs) A hundred, 
I mean, yeah, I know the ins and outs now. God willing, that it'll be a useless manual. Oh, I hope so. <sighs> right? Hey, what what I do, I, what I see for this year is that, I mean, I just want everybody to be able to go to a concert. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, and obviously the safety of everybody in the world, you know, and yeah. who just, who knew this would be our life? Well, in the scheme of things, I think this will, this will be, I mean, the further away we get from this, the smaller a part of our life it will be. It'll be that weird Mm -hmm. thing, that weird year, that crazy thing that happened. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we'll all get to go back outside. We'll pretty quickly kind of be over it and want to go back inside again. We just want to thank you so much for being here. I mean, it thank was you. like such an honor to meet you and um, an honor and a delight and a delight. And yes, likewise, guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for taking the time. This has been awesome. Yeah. Yes, it has been. Jason Bieber. What is it, Jamie Stickle? I am really excited to see the look on your face in about 10 seconds. What's going to happen in 10 seconds? Oh, you're going to hear the next week's guest is the unbelievable busy actor and equally unbelievable nice guy, the one, the only, Rodney Hobbs. <coughs> okay, next time I'm going to send you an email. But I got my this ain't no safe as long.